Hey Freaky Fam and welcome back to Let's Get Freaky Podcast. I'm your host Tommy Cullum. Thank you so much for being here. We've got another awesome show for you today guys. Before we get into today's show, here at Let's Get Freaky, we talk all things paranormal. Ghosts, cryptids, UFOs and more. If it's paranormal, we are going to talk about it and we'd love to hear your stories, your work. Do you work in the paranormal? Have you had a paranormal experience and you'd like to share it? We would love to hear it, so please get in touch. Email us at let's get freaky podcast at outlook.com. That's let's get freaky podcast at outlook.com. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can reach us on any of those platforms at any time. So hit us up, guys, get in touch. We really would love to hear from you. If you're enjoying our weekly freaky conversations, then a great way to support the show is by giving us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. That really does help us it gets us out there to more people more people means more freaky conversations and more awesome guests so if you could do that for us guys that would be greatly appreciated thank you so much okay let's get into today's show it's a great one let's get into it you know what i'm gonna say let's get freaky (laughs) okay guys i'm very very excited to welcome our next guest i first watched this guy's film on amazon years ago called finding jay an amazing film, and I can't quite believe that I've actually got him here today to talk to him. It's really cool. I'd like to welcome Jay Bachowchin. How are hey, you, sir? Right. Doing good. How are you doing, Tommy? Thanks Very for having much. me on. Thank you for coming on, man. You bet. It's quite it's quite surreal actually talking to you after I watched your film quite a few years ago. I thought it was fantastic, and now we're finally yeah. talking. And I, and I appreciate that. I mean, it's seems so long ago that I worked on my first film, you know, obviously my, my second film, uh, beyond the Kendall fighting J two just came out in, on, on Amazon prime in, um, September of this year. So, you know, from the oh, recent sorry. stories of what people are telling me, you've seen the first one that leads you up to the door. I lead you to the door. My second film shoves you through the door. It's, uh, it's I don't want to say it's night and day between the first and second because I wanted to keep the same finding J quality, let's say, uh of the second one, but to add a little bit more meat and potatoes to it. It's still uh, you know, we still have great interviews, but I also have great footage of being out in the kettle. So it's uh definitely awesome. something spectacular. Well, I, I loved finding Jay, so I'm very excited to watch that one. Yeah, oh, it's good. I'm glad you like it. <laughs> awesome stuff, man. So I want to really go back to where this all started for you. Was it as a yeah. child? When did you first get into this subject? Well, you know, I was born, you know, my parents found me out in the field. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> That'd be a great X-Files, wouldn't it? That would be. <laughs> be like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> Um, you know, growing up, I always, the only way I could really, uh, kind of paint a picture of the way I grew up was I was the kid in the basement during summer while my brothers and friends were out playing softball in the lot next to us. And I was down in a dark basement waiting for Godzilla versus mega Godzilla to come on TV or Frankenstein or creature from the black lagoon. I always had that fascination for anything supernatural. And I don't mean just uh, paranormal ghosts or horror monsters that way. It was just something that really intrigued me. 
you know, Invasion of the Saucer Men, uh, all these old black and white B movies. And, but what, re- what it really kind of kicked it off was like in 1978 in my hometown in Lindenhurst, Illinois, uh, me and my mom, sister, and t- two other brothers, we all witnessed this amazing display of lights outside. So it was something I didn't just see or my mom just saw and just told me about it. We all saw these incredible lights spinning. Um, you know, it was dark. And I remember the lights just kind of spinning around and it just sat there and hovered, no sound. And it wasn't way up in the sky. Best guess, maybe 300 yards, maybe 400 yards off the ground in a subdivision. And these lights would just go, no sound. They would go off and they would be across the subdivision. Like, I'm going to say a good eighth of a mile away in a blink. And it, wow. it, it continually did this. So we watched it for about 15 minutes. Now, my grandfather, uh, he was in the early chapters of MUFON in Chicago, okay. just as it started. So he was always into the UFOs. And he, you know, he started off with uh, Roswell, uh, you know, 1942, and then throughout all the UFO flaps and sightings in the Chicago land area. Uh, but after we witnessed those, all of a sudden, me and my grandpa were like this. I'm like, you know, my, my love for the supernatural, and wow, you know, I'm what 11 years old at the time. I'm dating myself, but uh, <laughs> you know, we would just sit and talk for hours. And he always, now he kind of reminds me of a, a young Fox Mulder. You know, uh, just hunting the, you know, seeking the truth, hunting the truth. And I I think I kind of followed in his footsteps a little bit because that was always my first love. After seeing that, I wanted to know everything about UFOs, about aliens and what has been seen and what does the government know? What are they hiding from us? And uh, so that's kind of how I grew up. But that also left me open to the possibilities of ghosts of you know i i've heard of bigfoot and everything and in fact i've seen some movies in the late 70s mysterious monsters and you know Loch Ness monster kind of your neck of the woods not mine yeah that's not far from me yeah we, we have champ here yeah like champ yeah. plane <laughs> uh but uh nessie i you know i always wanted to see nessie and Right on the back of her and just, you know, ride Loch Ness. Yeah. And found all that so fascinating. Uh, Bigfoot still no, because I did see the Patterson-Gimlin film. And even at 11 years old, I was kind of like, kind of looking around like, but this is, that could be a suit. That's just a guy walking away in a suit. And um, so I was more, I knew it was there, but I was more Lake Monsters UFOs, ghosts. So cryptids really weren't my my style. But, um, uh, you know, in early 2000 is when uh, Ghost Hunters came out. The only yeah. Ghost Hunter show that came out, it wasn't saturated like it is today, right? Just Ghost Hunters, taps. And I remember just watching that. And I, you know, that was kind of cool because it was on TV. And then I'm seeing all this evidence that first season, the second season, And I'm like, this is really cool, but, you know, how real is it? You know, because it's on TV and you understand at this this stage in the game, 
that everything's about money. Everything's about advertisement. So I'm like, uh, you know, but I still believe the possibilities that that's what was happening. Yeah. So when me and my wife got married in 2006, uh, we took a East Coast honeymoon, uh, started in Boston, ended up in uh, Salem, Massachusetts uh, no. during Halloween, and which was really super cool. It's a great place to visit, especially yeah. at that time. And they were doing ghost tours outside. So we thought, why not just do it? And we did. And I, I kind of got that as soon as I got back from the honeymoon, I think I want to try this. I, I actually want to go out with some meters and, you know, cameras and let's see what we could do. See, and I, so we started doing that and that turned into a big team of people after a couple of years, I put up a website and then we're getting house requests. Hey, we think we have a ghost. Can you investigate? You know, and, and that was, remember, we're all influenced by TV. So when you're home alone and you hear that creak, you know, yeah. you're like, that's gotta be a ghost. And, uh, so pretty much I did that for up until about 2013 ish, but that I, I was getting to a lot of dead ends with ghosts, no pun intended. <laughs> um, but you know what the ghosts, it's, it's what they are, right? Um, they are people that have just passed on. Do we really know that? Or is this just what we're self-taught throughout our lives in books? That's what it is. Um, and I kind of stepped outside of that saying, well, how do we really know they're dead or passed on just because we're told? And I started thinking of, you know, parallel universes, um, time slips, uh, the things that we could be experiencing or what people can be experiencing is not quite through the veil of a time slip, which would be somebody who died. So therefore it's a ghost. And I, I don't know. I mean, I think I think at that point, um, you know, a lot of people were really not into my theory because it was either a Casper or Patrick Swayze, yeah. or uh, <laughs> you know, from Ghosts, not Patrick Swayze because he died, <laughs> but you know, uh, yeah. Sam, <laughs> uh, ditto. Uh, but uh, so I started thinking, you know, kind of outside the box. And um, at that time, Ghost Adventures and everything came on TV. Everything started getting saturated and people start forming their own teams. So all of a sudden now there's everybody's a paranormal investigation team. So the uh, requests have started going down. So you'd have to go out to the pay and plays uh, like Ohio State Reformatory where they filmed Shawshank Redemption. Place is the best place to visit because it's real. Yeah. Um, but you're paying to investigate and that throws a red flag with me because i'm like well why not just create you know uh some things so people could record so that they go back home and they post their findings to draw more people to draw more people and to keep doing that i'm not saying that's what they do but yeah that's in the back of my mind because everything seems to be about money um and that kind of gave me a little let down a little bit. I still wanted to investigate and I'm actually just a 15 minute drive from Bray road in Elkhorn, Wisconsin, which is uh, the, the infamous beast of Bray road that yeah. the late Linda Godfrey, God rest her soul, who just passed away uh, yesterday, um, who was my mentor in the beginning of all this. 
And um, we started to, back then in 2013, I call it patrolling uh, Bray Road. What is, what's on Bray Road? What is the beast? Well, it's a dog man. What's a dog man? Well, a dog man is identified as a seven-foot bipedal wolf. Um, well, it you know kind of has a German shepherd's face, or there's so many different variables of what people have seen. But this is the cryptid that lives on Bray Road, and you know. So remember, I, I'm still ghost hunting, but I'm now kind of doing legend tripping. You know, I'm like, let's just get out. We have nowhere to go, you know, stop at a gas station, you know, get some uh, some drinks and some munchies and just kind of patrol Bray Road. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Bray Road is, is privately owned by all the farmers, so you can't get out and investigate. You can only drive it public road. And uh, so we started doing that. But after times were expanding and going out further than Bray Road, we ended up in the kettle moraine and um that was probably the 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 night that catapulted me into what what i'm doing today is we get out of the car it's nine o'clock at night in october um dark is four of us remember we're legend tripping but we actually get out of the car we have a couple flashlights on us and i have a IR uh, night vision recorder. And uh, we're like, well, the beast of Bray Road, the dog man's got to be out here. So we're all brave. It was almost like Scooby-Doo, right? You know, I wasn't shaggy though. I don't think I was Scooby either. <laughs> I, I could have been Fred out of the bunch. Uh, but we, uh, but, but we're, we're going down the trails in the dark with our lights on. And we hear this really weird, I don't want to say howl because it wasn't a howl like a canine. Yeah. It was a call almost like it reminded me of if you went to the zoo and you heard, I don't want to say howler monkeys or anything like that, but it, it definitely sounded like it had a lot of simian in it, but it also sounded like a person. That's what was really weird about it. It, it, it was, it was hard to explain. And I caught one of those, and that's the one that you heard on Finding Jay on my first film. Wow. I was only able to cut one clip, and that was in the beginning. And it was enough for me to go, well, all right, I'm not an outback jack. I'm not crocodile dundee. You know, I don't I don't know every animal. I'm not a you know a hunter of 50 years and I know every animal. Uh so I do my due diligence and come back and get on the computer to listen to um the soundboards of uh different animals whether they're nocturnal uh, whatever's indigenous to southeast wisconsin and we've listened to every animal every, and believe me within every animal they make so many different calls whether it's a mating call a scared call and uh we did that uh, with birds owls um you know every type of animal that was out there we couldn't match it so long story longer I told you, if you don't, if you don't do this to me, no, I'll, no, I'm, I'll talk. I will talk to the end of the show just like this. <laughs> no, I love it. I, I, I can do it. Trust me. <laughs> you could just be like no. looking at your watch, like, dude. No, I so, got one no. more. <laughs> but anyway, the 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 short end of it, or the long end of the story, was 
at that point when I couldn't identify that sound is what intrigued me to um, to do what I'm doing now, which is uh, looking for the Wisconsin Sasquatch. And, you know, and I don't mean the Bigfoot in general. I'm not talking about California, Kentucky, or the, you know, Pine Barrens, anything like that. I'm just focusing on Wisconsin. And that's because that's the only thing that's in my control that I'm physically out there uh, to determine what it is. So a lot of people ask me all the time, well, do you go anywhere else? I'm like, no, why? Because I don't have the answers. It's not like when you go, when you investigate a ghost, uh, people will generally just go to that place of residence or, or whatever's haunted. I don't mean to yeah. do the air quotes, but you know, haunted. <laughs> Patrick Swayze, <laughs> um, uh, but they're they're there and they do their due diligence for six to eight hours, and that's great. But are you there the next day, and the next day, or the next week, and the next month, or the next year? And to be able to start comparing all the data, because hey, you know what? I was just out in uh, the kettle. This was probably in October. And I heard something really crazy. Never heard it in the past nine years I've been out there. But I found out it was a certain type of bird I've never heard. Really? Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, you have to, um, you know, uh, if you're going to go look for Bigfoot, um, not every crack, not every sound is going to be a Bigfoot. Uh, keep your Keep your feet on the ground. Keep them level. Use, you know, it's like, I know they're there, but I'm not saying that's what it is, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, you know, not until it's like definitive, like having stones whipped at me or branches whipped at me or seeing, you know, uh, silhouettes move like they're on wheels, uh, just floating by, you know, I mean, God, what is it? Is it Bigfoot because we're in the woods? Is it a ghost? Because there's a lot of um, effigy mounds uh, buried from the Native Americans out here. Are there UF are they UFOs? Are they grays? I mean, we we don't know. And I'm saying I don't know. Uh, but it's the only way to actually get, you know, to, to to find that truth is I is to be out there, is to to find it. Find it for yourself. Not try to prove it to the world. Just find it yourself. Start with one thing at a time. Yeah. So your first oh. experience was was the sound. You yes. Heard, you heard the scream. Was it a scream, did you say? Yeah, it was. They were they were kind of like screams, but it wasn't, you know, you always say it sounds like a woman screaming because, that, well, that could be a fox, it could be a cougar, it could be a bobcat, a lot of different things. But this, it sounded just like a, a kind of a call yell. So it wasn't a howl. Um, I can't really do it on here because I'll, I'll do it totally wrong. I'll be like, I just heard, ah. <laughs> Oh, Jay, that was some guy up there going, ah, but it, it it had a very unique animal human sound. Yeah. Meaning could it have been a human out there? Believe me, this has crossed my mind. I have no idea what it was. Right. So could it have been a human way out there? Powerful lungs that it was coming from a human that was trying to make an animal sound. Absolutely. That could 100% be what it was. 
I, I, you know, I've never heard it before. I could never identify it, but it's what made me come back to that area over and over and over, you know, and I don't want to say every time I go out there, like I said, there's not a big foot around every tree, uh, behind every tree, but there is, uh, I always say four out of five times I go out there, nothing. Fifth, yeah. you know, out of the fifth time, something still inconclusive. And that goes on. You got to do that. You know, just go out all year round, year after year. And, um, but I've come across some, some footprints. That was also my first film that I can't, I have no idea, you know, how they could have even been made. You know, we're talking two foot snow drifts. It was actually cool about this one was because my wife, who uh, I love, where is she? Okay. <laughs> Uh, she rolls her, she, I, I always say she rolls her eyes at me about it. Uh, she respects me a hundred percent, lets me do it. And um, it, it's really good that way. But is there enough proof? I mean, she'll say, does Big, Bigfoot exist? Uh, maybe, but maybe not here in Wisconsin. Too small. You go above the Kettle Moraine in Google Maps and you're just like, really, Jay? But it's huge. The Kettle Moraine is 55,000 square acres um, that's going. I don't know. You guys don't use miles over there, do you? Uh, yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah. You do? My yeah. 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 I don't know. I, I, do don't anyway. know <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the other thing, kilos. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> How many kilos is it? Uh, but, but the Kettle Moraine is 55,000 square acres that go up about 100 miles throughout the state of Wisconsin. So again, big. yeah. I mean, it is. But, you know, you, you put that on top of California or up in Oregon, um, anywhere, Ohio, Pennsylvania, you name all these places, the Kettle Moraine doesn't look that big, but yeah. it's immense. And when you're out there, you could easily get turned around and lost. I, I don't, you know what I'm saying? It's not like you have to be in a hundred miles worth of forest to be able to find strangeness. So uh, this is a very large area that I'm just kind of looking over. I have five different areas I go to, and uh, you know I'm just I just keep staying persistent. Yeah. You know? Well, that's what I found interesting about your film as well, is because obviously that was at the start of me sort of looking into the Sasquatch subject properly. Really? And yeah, and obviously wow, all, that's cool. We all think of Washington, Washington State. Yeah, those sort of areas, but to know that it could be in like Wisconsin and places like that as well, I found that amazing. Yeah, it's um, there are so many, and the thing is, as well as I listen to various different podcasts with, um, with witnesses coming on. Again, I don't know these people. Um, people could be the best actors in the world and telling their story. There's really no reward of coming on these shows and saying that you had a Bigfoot encounter because you're just, you're crazy. You know, you're, you're, you're a Looney tune. Bigfoot doesn't exist except, you know, with Elvis on top of a unicorn by going by like, you know, by Nessie. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, so it's, it's really hard when uh, people can really talk about it with other people, whether their spouses their friends or coworkers, you're a nut job if you bring it up. So there are podcasts out there that have outlets for people to talk about their encounter. 
and um i always go by like uh um like a pie graph like in business if you took a pie graph and let's say you took three quarters of those with a pie graph and said um those were all hoaxes and you took another sliver another quarter that would be you know um misidentification and the remainder, I mean, even if the remainder was 2% of that whole thing out of all the encounters, it's real. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you could, you could misidentify, uh, you know, a cat that's bald, a black cat that's bald out in the forest. You see it at a different angle. I, I saw a bear. You know, I don't know how far away I was, but I saw it right there. It was black. It was still an animal. It was just misidentified. And um, so a lot of those could be misidentified out there. And um, that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at, you know, to where I'm like, the stuff's real. And, you know, you don't have to take my word on it. You don't have to watch my documentaries, take my word on it, go out there, find it yourself. If you're that intrigued by it, you go out and, and search your truth. You're, you'll you'll find your truth. That's what I believe. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure we've got any here in the UK. I hope we have. I know there are reports. There are a few reports, especially in Scotland and areas like that. But I'd, oh, yeah. I hope there is. Well, you know, a lot of people will also think you guys have what? The trolls out there? Yep. There's, yeah, there's, yeah. The, trolls. the trolls. Like that yeah. movie Troll Hunter? Yeah. That's Did great. You see that movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's wickedly dumb. Yeah. But yeah, you, you guys have some weird stuff yeah, over there. Some, yeah. Too. Fairies. Uh, yeah. There's all sorts of. Well, obviously the big cat from people a lot of people say we, we've got big cats and yeah my mother-in-law in fact saw a what she describes as a panther near london so I oh mean, really yeah well now and the thing is and, and that's what it is everybody's i think that's a misconception of um you know people talking about uh trying to find the ghosts they have to be in the houses that are broken down and not lived in you know, that's not true. Uh, it's also like uh, Bigfoot. Bigfoot doesn't have to exist in California, Oregon, or any of these big forests. Do they? Yeah. But I don't think they're restricted to what that is. And the reason why is my opinion, by the way. Okay. You, you can take it with a grain of salt. But, you know, I believe they are flesh and blood. But I also believe that they hold very special attributes. And those attributes very well could be, you know, again, this will make me sound Looney Tunes, but be able to step in and out of the veil um, because a lot of the evidence we find, the the one single footprint, a trackway that I found that were 12, then they went to nowhere, no disturbances in the ground. So where'd it go? It didn't go underground. There was no snow disturbed there. You're know, looking around, did it jump 25 feet? feet to get to that tree maybe um did it grow wings and fly away which is even creepier don't know or did it just walk behind the veil and just not there anymore but it left physical prints yeah um because you know there there, there are those that um uh that believe that sasquatch is nothing but you know a flesh and blood creature we haven't caught up with yet and of course, I'd be more on the side of the woo. That's what they call it, right? The woo. Yeah. Um, the woo part of Bigfoot, because 
you know, um, I don't believe that it's just like a spirit, which I believe the Native Americans here, um, I think that their belief was Sasquatch was there, but it was a spirit because it would come in, in and out of what they could see. Doesn't necessarily make it a spirit. It's flesh and blood. It leaves prints. It breaks, you know, branches. Yeah. You know, people have found scat. Um, I haven't, you know, looking for hair. I thought I found one hair. I was so excited about it. It ended up being um, part of my hoodie, a uh, piece of fabric. Uh, uh, no, I'm sorry, not my hoodie, um, my backpack. But it was really weird when I first found it. It was, yeah. it was at night and it was brown and it was, I don't know, it was like it actually got stuck off a, a tree branch and then it ended up on me. So I felt the little tree hit me. Yeah. And I looked, I'm like, oh, what's this? And I'm taking it and I've got put it in my little ev evidence envelope yeah. and everything. And then I, you know, get home and I, I get uh, one of those real electronic, micro, well, you know, they hook up to your computer, microscopes. Yeah. And then I'm looking, I'm going a little quick, going in, going in, going in. And I could see some of the fabric that you really couldn't see with the naked eye. Yeah. So it didn't look like hair. But again, I did my due diligence. And, uh, but there are people that have actually captured hair samples. So, um, it's physical, yeah, but metaphysical, maybe you know, it it, it work and step in, in and out. That, at least that's what I believe, yeah, you know, yeah. No, why not? And, and that would explain a lot, as you say, how the tracks suddenly disappear. You're following the tracks and then they're gone. That would explain it. Well, it, the thing is, I can't seem to get a, um, an honest answer from an aper, you know, the ones that are just Bigfoot's flesh and blood. Yeah. How is it that there's just one print? And a lot yeah. of times you could think, well, maybe somebody made that print. Now it's a hoax. I believe that's out there too. It's kind of like the, the biggest universal graffiti that people will do is what? A smiley face. Yeah. That's, that's universal. Dot, dot, smile. Have a nice day. You know, that type of thing. Um, I think on the ground, I think it could be a footprint and again you know uh just because it looks like a foot it could be pareidolia which i found one couple of years ago that could have been pareidolia because it was just a surface print so i wasn't able to cast or anything like that but after measuring it it measured the same one that i found in 2014 in this really? no yeah so again now what does that mean i still don't know what made them yeah, you know what I'm saying so. I'm not out trying to prove. Um, like my films, they have they're not about trying to prove anything, I'm not trying to prove to the world of what it is. It's basically that wasn't me, by the way, <laughs> and that wasn't me either. That's that's in my studio. I, I have um, I have elves, yeah. <laughs> No, it's all good. Um, but uh, it uh, pretty much, you know, it, it could it be pareidolia? Couldn't cast it. Same size, but it's, you know, when I was saying that I'm not trying to prove it, you'd say, well, Jay, you have two documentaries out. So you are trying to prove it. Well, actually, in a perfect world, and this is my perfect world, I don't mind sharing it with everybody, and I'm glad that got you interested in Bigfoot yeah. and everything. Uh, but 
honestly, if people here in Wisconsin saw it where I research and I could get more people to come out and get a little bit more testimony of where they saw it, uh, when, you know, what year, uh, maybe they have a picture of something that they took back in the seventies or eighties or whatever. And you're like, okay, so I'm putting it together now. My truth, I'm going out to search and hunt the truth. And I am finding it by doing this. Now, again, that was a perfect world if, if Amazon Prime put it all into Wisconsin. But it doesn't. It's out there. So Australia, Japan, UK, not Canada. I don't know why. Uh, but the US. <laughs> and uh, But it, it's, it's pretty much... Uh, showing people that I've experienced these. I'm not going to tell you what they are, but I've experienced them. And if somebody else has, maybe we can help validate each other. You know, somebody calls me from, you know, Ohio here, you know, or wherever, and says, I had the same thing happen to me. The same exact thing that I saw happened to me. You know, again, that's it's kind of validation for the for the two of us. Yeah, because you know, deep down, what what do I really want to do? You know, I I, I love to die. I document everything, but um, I'd love to make contact. As crazy as it sounds, because I have no idea what it is. I think I want to know those answers. Yeah, you know, I, I Sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, am I ready? You know, everyone's like, "Wow, what are you gonna do?" You know, when you first see a big fight, everyone's just like, "You know, this is what I would do," and you know, pull out the gun or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know. I'd probably fall on the ground in a fetal position and suck my thumb and ask call for my mom. Uh, I, again, I, I really don't know. It, it, there is an interesting fact that I do bring a clean pair of underwear in my backpack. Really? Just in oh, case? Yeah. Just in case? You don't know. <laughs> Have you ever picked up a little gerbil or a mouse or something and they... Yeah. <laughs> you know, that'd be a long, smelly ride home. So, yeah. um, but I mean, honestly, uh, I, I think of those things because I don't know, honestly, how I re would react. You know, I mean, uh, it, you know, would I even believe what I was seeing, even doing what I'm doing? And basically, what is it for me? It is that validation. It would be, you know, whether it was, um, being able to communicate, I don't want to say with the mind because you know who knows. You've heard of the Sierra sounds, yeah, they sound yeah. like that, yeah, that samurai chatter, yeah. Um, you know who knows? Maybe they've learned to speak English since then. No, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I have heard them yeah, uh, encounters where they've mimicked. People. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. say that, didn't they? Yeah, it'd be like uh, if you were out there and you know there was little Tommy was out there, you were yeah. camping, you just your your dad. Tommy, <laughs> come here. You know. <laughs> that would be scary. <laughs> well, but you know, people would go to that. Yeah, you know, yeah, um, oh, yeah. Because would they would they know if it was a mimic? But then again, if it's a mimic, have you ever seen a Bigfoot or Sasquatch mimic? And, and we can't say that we have. So this is all like anything else: our our, our opinion and our speculation and our theories. That's yeah. it. Now, I don't believe one person knows. There are thousands of great researchers out there, and they'll do things that are completely different than I would. But guess what? 
we're nowhere closer and I'm in no competition with that to be able to, like I was saying, to be able to prove it, to show it. Why? Everybody has their minds made up, right? Yeah. Uh, if you saw it right now, if I pulled up a Bigfoot head and held it right here, would you say, wow, is that, that's real? How would you really know it's real? Right? Yeah. Okay, you can believe me. I can sound like a great used car salesman right now. And look at this Bigfoot <laughs> head. And that's why that's why I encourage people to get out themselves, no matter what they feel about the subject. Yeah. Out and find your truth. It's like with, with the Patterson Gimlin film, for me, I think that's 100% real. I don't know how, I don't know your feelings on it. Would you, do you think the same? Yeah. Um, let's see. When I was 11, it was a guy in a suit. And today I think it's the best piece of evidence of yeah. Bigfoot around. Why? That That's a big question. Because it's all about the, um, I think what our eyes see. I always ask my wife, remember my wife? Okay, my little elf back there. Um, whenever we're, whenever we are driving, I'm like, "What if you saw something cross the road right here?" She would say, "Well, I'd, I'd probably think it was a guy in a suit." And I said, "What if it took only two steps to get across two lanes on a road?" And she goes, "I don't know. <laughs> we just keep driving." I don't, I don't think I really ever get a definitive answer, but it's kind of a running joke that we have here. <laughs> but it is. It's the truth. What if... I, I Actually, I have a Bigfoot costume that I wear, uh, I was going to say, for my kids for Halloween and that. Actually, I just enjoy wearing it. <laughs> my, my, yeah. my wife comes downstairs. I'm sitting on the couch with my feet up, and I'm just in a Bigfoot costume. Hi, honey. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I'm not that crazy or obsessive, but... The thing is, what if I was wearing that suit and I was standing on the side of the road in the kettle and people just drove by? They would double take what that was and I could hide really quick. And there's your story. I had a Bigfoot sighting. Yeah. And anybody, anybody, anybody can do that, right? If it's possible, it's going to be plausible. And um, that's what I'm always working with, even going out in into the woods there. So, um, but, you know, getting back to, to Patty or the Patterson Gimlin film, um, I think just the way it moves, I think even the way people have, uh, you see that 4k version yeah. of the film and it's incredible because there's just that muscle. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it, the thing is, if this was recorded in 67, they didn't have CGI like they could do today. Exactly. And when everybody says it's CGI, uh, I, I'm a great video editor, and I there's no I don't compare to anything of what those people can do, which take a lot of work. Um, and it could all be for naught. But uh, back in '67, when that when that's really cleared up, it is. It looks so authentic and real to me. Yeah, the steps are immense from what they traveled. Uh, Bob Gimlin um, has never deviated from his story ever, ever. Not even from the first time he ever said it and it was ever recorded and written down. It's always been the same after fifty what three years now, you know, almost fifty three. It's getting up there. 
Um, and it's never changed. Then, of course, you got the ones that say, well, they already, they, they, this is the guy that had the mask on. And you put them side by side and you're just like, okay, this looks like a B-rated Halloween party. And this looks like the Patterson-Gimlin film. Looks nothing yeah. like it. Um, but they've never been able to prove it. But they've never been able to disprove it. Didn't the Star Wars, one of the Star Wars makeup artists say that would have been impossible to do that? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure I heard that. That's you. You you had uh, Stan Winston who did um, uh, American Werewolf in London. Uh, yeah, that 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 type of graphics that couldn't have been done. Uh, I don't know who the makeup artist was for Planet of the Apes. Uh, nowhere near that technology of what that was, or uh, the type of costume that it would take. And I mean, it's so funny because you see you can see that bulging muscle you know right yeah. on the thigh yeah and they're like yeah that was somebody's wallet in the suit no, like, oh, no there's no All way right. for me so, for me, so, no way. <laughs> so but that's what i'm saying so it's either you, you believe it or you don't yeah so if you don't believe it you'll yeah you, you'll never see it that way um you'll never ha- have an openness to it and then yeah. of course if you do believe it you're a crack job you know because uh bigfoot doesn't exist you know and uh but with that i definitely think there is uh, so much validity to it and um I, I really have studied that film yeah and um never really spoke with bob uh never been able to make it out onto the west coast because i'm kind of in the flyover state in wisconsin where there's packers <laughs> we don't talk no. about them <laughs> we don't talk we talk about chicago bears yeah except except they suck this year <laughs> and the vikings <laughs> and the, the vikings hey skull yeah. that's it, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so your your first experience you heard the scream yeah what was the next thing that happened which uh then after that you know i started going out there um I'd go out there and say it was October. I went out in November, not during deer hunting season because you don't get shot. Um, then I'd go out in later December and January, but it wasn't until, and again, nothing at that time. I never heard anything again. And I was just kind of like, well, maybe it was a once in a lifetime and maybe there's nothing here. But this one time, February 7th, 2014, actually our, our kids were being babysat by the, by the grandparents and my wife goes what do you want to do today let's go you want to go up to the kettle and hike during the afternoon and i'm like now twist my arm absolutely <laughs> she just wanted to go hiking because it was snow and it was still lightly snowing and everything and we get up to the kettle and it's you know probably just a little afternoon one o'clock and snow's coming down a little bit more and i'm like this is great you know gonna come out with my wife we're gonna just trudge the trails Nobody's been out there yet. We're making we're making our tracks and they were one to two foot drifts and you know we're all bundled up and everything. Well, my wife, she keeps walking ahead of me. She just wanted to hike. So she gets up to probably about 50 yards past me because I'm stopping to look. You know, this is a husband and wife walk, but I'm looking, you know, got my eyes everywhere. And uh she keeps walking and all of a sudden, I lose sight of her because she's up and down around this little bend on top of a kettle. 
And as I'm following her tracks, I see these two big holes from as I was coming up to it on each side of her tracks. And I'm coming up to it and I'm thinking, oh, okay. So I wonder what was, oh, maybe it was a rabbit. You know, a rabbit will kind of sit and, you know. And if it was a deer, because it was coming down a kettle, I'm thinking, did the deer put all of legs together, kind of a prance down type of thing? But I'm like, eh, that doesn't look right. And as I look closer, it resembled a foot. I mean, like a foot, not, uh, not like a, a boot. And that was really kind of incredible because the, it stepped over and that the distance was close to 53 inches that it stepped over my wife's tracks going up around the kettle. And it's funny, you know, we're, we're in the day and age. Also, my phone, I have a text. Where are you? And we're right by each other, 50 yards apart. She's like, where are you? And I'm like, I take a picture of the track and I'm like, right by this big track that you walked by. And I honestly, I don't, I could say that she walked by it and she never saw it. Or were those made before I got up there? Yeah. As if it was right there, which intrigued me. Yeah. But, you know, the, she comes back and we kind of look. And this is in the documentary. So you actually see all this film because I, I document everything. I wasn't documenting for a for a documentary, by do document everything. I just put it in my abyss of my five terabyte hard drive, and uh, so we're we're looking at them. I'm taking pictures, getting kind of a measurement, um, and I'm trying to see if the snow is disturbed on the side. So I'm thinking of you ever see The Shining? Yeah, uh, with little Danny in the maze at the end. He he's running through the snow, but he wants to fool his dad who's trying to kill him. So yeah. I don't mean to ruin the movie if no, that's in, in, in 40 years, but yeah. uh, he, he, back, he, he backtracks in the snow around the maze so that it would fool his dad to think he went that way. Yeah. And so I kind of thought that with these tracks, I'm like, this is just kind of weird. But here is the other weird thing is I'm a size 12 foot with a size 13 and a half boot. And my boot was dwarfed compared to these. But here's wow. the other odd, here's the other odd thing, is if I try to make a stride in that two foot drift, I'm dragging my foot. So, you know, I always say it looks like a when I'm walking, it looks like a I was leaving a snail a snail mark, you know, because it's just they're together, you know. Yeah. You know, I'm not stepping down, you know. You're you're actually just moving through it. And I thought that was very odd that there was no drag. In the, it literally looked like an impression, which looks like a foot impression, came all the way down, and you know, came back out, and there's no drag around that impression. And uh, I followed 12 of those, and the last I saw of what the track looked like was, um, looked like a disturbance on top of an oak a fallen oak that had snow on it and it looked like it was disturbed on the top, but I didn't see any other prints from that point. And the other odd thing was, is it was snowing at that time. So I'm thinking <clears throat> later, later on, I'm, I wasn't thinking about that right then, but I'm thinking a little later on, I'm like, those tracks are going to be covered up. Even if you want to go back and take a picture in about an hour, they're at least going to be kind of filled in and or whatever. So I'm like, all right, so somebody would have had to, Let's see how they would have done it. You know, tie a tie rope along trees and, and kind of 
use a pulley, you know, you're up and hanging over it and using an impression and doing it in a tightrope fashion every 53 inches. Yeah. And that and that would again, it's the, that's not plausible because we found them in the middle of nowhere out there. So and it was snowing, and nobody till this date has ever come and said, Jay, I got you good. I was I wasn't really totally into Bigfoot like that back then. I was kind of I never called it Bigfoot. I called it I'm looking for a, a woods beast. That's I I couldn't say Bigfoot. Yeah. Bigfoot's <laughs> Bigfoot's the butt end of a joke. You say Bigfoot, you think of unicorns and you know, <laughs> little silly things like that. But but as we're looking at these prints. My wife's down. Oh, no. I was, I was going to actually talk to her because she's listening. Um, I, I was going to say that um, when I texted her, I'm right here by these holes that you missed. After I sent that text, I, I had an iPhone and I put it on. Um, I started recording video. And I was taking video of the footprints. And then I started going up the kettle, following them with my camera. And that's when I started hearing like the wood bang knocking at the top of the kettle. Like I was like, no way. I'm like, it's right there. You know, when your, your human ears can pick up exactly where that sound is. And I'm looking right at it. There's nothing there. And uh, that was while there was like 52 seconds of just weird. I like to say like a telegraphed ticking and whatever whatever it was seemed to be wood on wood yeah again i didn't see what left the prince i didn't see what was knocking but my wife then was like well let's kind of go up that part of the kettle and i'm like oh such a i go all right babe let's go let's go sweetie you go first <laughs> uh, no she uh we, we made it up this kettle but what was really kind of cool when we got to the top of the kettle is we found this fresh, um, I'm going to say good, seven-inch, eight-inch diameter tree that was at the top of the kettle was snapped right about six and a half feet. That's where it cracked. And it was fresh, and it was not snow-covered to where it broke. So it wasn't a dead tree. It was physically snapped is the only way I can explain that. Yeah, and when I was when we were looking at that, I'm I'm thinking it was broken a lot higher than the six and a half. Not where it snapped. You'd have to put the force of physics a little bit higher, like about I'm guessing eight or nine feet right there to be able to pull it down. And there was, you know, we saw no machinery up there, no other signs of tracks, um, nothing up there. So it was kind of a kind of a weird trifecta time that was really helped validate earlier that simian sound that i heard yeah so i'm like there, there's something to it yeah you know, i don't know what it is yet i still called it a wood beast i still didn't call it bigfoot can't make fun of me yet <laughs> so when did you come to terms and you, you when did you say to yourself you know what this is this is a bigfoot um when was that moment well Let's see, back in, uh, that was February of 2014, and I still continued to go out there. August of 2014, I was out with my brother-in-law, because he was like, oh, this is what you do, let's go out and hike. And we're out hiking, and uh, we had something circle us. 
uh, and it suddenly goes walking, wow. bipedally walking, but you can never see it. Um, I always refer to this because I'm a movie guy. I don't know if you ever seen the movie Desperado with Antonio Banderas. It was back in the '90s, and whenever they talked about, whenever they talked about him, he said, "Just before you saw him, you know, he's this kind of Antonio Banderas is walking in a bar, and all you see is the light coming up to his face, and just before it hits." The shadow goes back down. So you never see his face, you know, trying to add the drama. Anyway, <laughs> trying to paint a picture. That's what it was like out there. It sounded like the walking seemed so close, yeah. but it never entered our light. And it was right in front of us. And then it was almost to our, um, almost four o'clock. Then it was at our six o'clock, just within a matter of, 10 seconds or, or less. Wow. And it was, and you didn't hear it. Yeah. Run around us. You just kind of heard. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was pretty hair raising. And, um, so again, we didn't see what it was. Okay. It could have been a cougar, big cat. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, but I think I got my answer in September that this year, that year. And by the way, all this that I'm telling you about, the the howl um the uh, not the owl the, the howl scream the footprints the broken tree the tree necks uh the walking around us yeah all the same area all okay. the, the exact same area yeah but what really got me was September of that year same area because we were on our way out nothing was going on and the guys with Sanjay um I'm like this is where we found the the footprints it was September so you can't see the snow but as we're walking, we keep hearing what he thought were acorns falling, but they weren't falling vertical. You could hear him going through the treetops and landing by us. You're like, okay, and you're, you know, you're not really registering that because it's like not immediate danger or anything. We're just walking and you hear a rock right by our feet. Wow. And I'm like, and the reason why I say a rock, because it sounded like rock on rock, little, you know, quarter size pebbles, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. And I'm like, that's weird. And we just kept walking. So it, we, we kind of walked in the course of about 100, 150 yards um, during this. And they finally stopped. And I'm like, oh, all right. You know, because we were walking around the trails and everything. I'm like, I, I found a nice size rock on the path. And I'm like, I'm just going to throw it out to them, whoever's doing it. And I throw a rock. I couldn't hit the side of a barn, but I, I smack dab hit a tree that made a nice pop. Yeah. And San, Sanjay's like, uh, he's like, oh, that was good. That's good. And I'm like, yeah, watch. And I'm recording all this. Watch. Now they're going to hit me because I threw a rock. Before I could be done saying rock, you hear projectile of a bunch of Pebble rocks, I guess, being whipped from way out there, going through the trees, wow. landed right by my feet. Now, again, I was recording, but I saw, I physically, I physically saw the little pebble move right by my feet, but yeah. I didn't capture it because I'm recording like this, and you know, I didn't, you know, go yeah. all the way down that way. So uh, that there was wow. There's something out there. But then you get the people that are, Jay, someone's just messing with you out there. 
And I'm like, man, but yeah, I'm not having could that. they again, again, possibly, uh, absolutely they could. But the dead on accuracy that they're always by our feet, yeah, blows me away because you know, as a person, no matter what, you try to throw through the forest, you yeah. are bound to hit Tough. something. Yeah. And they were always making it to us. So I, I think that was kind of my pivotal point of, yeah, yeah there is something out here. So you've never actually been hit by anything? Oh, uh, well, the week before, um, which is in my documentary, my first one, I was out with the late Linda Godfrey, who is my mentor, and we're out walking. Uh, again, this is a week before, not the same area in the kettle, but, you know, maybe four miles away from this area, which is really nothing. And we're walking out there and, you know, she's a 67 year old woman, small woman who goes, you know what we should do? Let's do what um, the great apes do. Uh, and they shake trees. And she wanted to shake up some activity because it was too nice. It was too beautiful. It was like a normal afternoon hike out in the kettle moraine. So she goes up to this 12 foot sapling. The sapling's only, you know, maybe five inches, four inches thick, so about 12 feet tall. And she goes up to it, and she's just shaking it, you know. And I'm recording her. It's funny. And nothing's really going on. She goes, well, why don't you try? Now, of course, she didn't record it. I just put my camera down. And uh, she goes, you you do it because you're, you're stronger than I am, which, you know. So I go to this tree, and I shake it so violently. And I can make the best sounds of a silverback gorilla and just – you know, get into it. Now, yeah. I had my uh, baseball cap on because I was thinking if there was like little branches or leaves, I didn't want them to fall on me as I shook it so hard. And my sunglasses on top. And I'm shaking, shaking and making the sound, making the sound. And all of a sudden, my sunglasses fell off because I was more looking down and I'm looking down. And all of a sudden, I get this pain on the side of my head, which was actually not facing Linda. I was facing out in the woods. And... um when I got done, I went to go pick up my sunglasses and there was a little pine cone there. I'm like, wow, I wonder, I knocked that pine cone down like, you know, Gilligan's Island with a coconut, you know, hit a tree and a coconut falls on your head. And I told that to Linda. That's actually one of my fondest memories because she was laughing so hard. But I took off my hat and I actually had a lump on the side of my head. So the, the side that was not facing Linda was facing the woods. And so again, was I hit with a rock? Um, it's very possible. It definitely did not come from the tree. Um, but it was such a high ground, ground with weeds and everything. It would have been impossible to find anything in the, the high ground. Um, but I believe that's what it was because something had to really have hit my head to cause that because I actually yeah. got a small concussion oh, from wow. it. And the only reason why I know that is because I had to drop Linda off I've been at her house several times, went into her in the subdivision and uh, dropped her off, said goodbye. And I'm driving out. And I've been there several times. I don't know, 10, 15 times. And on my way in and out, I get to this one road. And I literally did not know where I was. Oh, wow. I, mean, I knew I was, I, I, I knew my name was Jay. Yeah. I knew I was in my car. I knew I just dropped Linda off. But I didn't know where I was. Oh man, that's scary. And I'm like, oh, I better pull up GPS on 
I don't know if I had a no, it wasn't a Garmin. I think it was my iPhone at the time, or there's a service. And I'm like, okay, ho go to home, searching, searching, no signal. Oh. I don't know where I'm at, and I have no signal. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it, you know, again, did I see the rock? No, but it did physically leave a lump, and I really could not remember. So something happened yeah. at that point. And that was the week prior to me and Sanjay getting rocks thrown. As, as soon as Sanjay's like, no, those are rocks. I'm like, nope. I want to turn around. I was actually thinking, should I be wearing a hard hat for construction yeah. while I go hiking? Or, or a goalie mask or something. So, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I, be, I believe I I believe I have, you know. Wow. Yeah. Wow, man. So what, what brought you to then start in, uh, to doing the film Finding Jay? What made well, you want to? Um, I was always asked to go vendor at conferences, whether they're ghost conferences or whatever. And um, I always thought, yeah, no, I'll go. I have nothing to sell. Um, you know, I, I, I am in graphics, so I have vinyl stickers or bumper stickers or whatever, but just to be out with people and stuff like that. So um, I thought I'm going to take some of my best evidence and put it on a little DVD that I could sell at a conference, you know, just so I have something. And I started putting it together and I realized as I was putting it together that I really kind of had a story to tell. And that's kind of how it was born anyway. Finding Jay was born is because I w was always out there saying, uh, not mocking Finding Bigfoot, uh, because we're all influenced by TV shows and that. But my, I don't want to say my big joke was, but I'm like, I believe, and this is what I say when I was out there, I believe that we'll never find Bigfoot, but Bigfoot will find us. Thus, Finding Jay, it could be called Finding Tommy. Yeah. Um, it, it could be, you know, whatever, finding whatever your name is. Because when I go out there, I used to go out there with lights of flashing and tried to do everything the TV show told me to do. And I realized that, um, well, if I was out here in the dark woods, like if I'm hiking, we have our lights off and we're just kind of talking like this in the dark. Also, we see a flashlight coming towards us on the path. What's your first instinct? You know, um, people would be like, well, I'd like to see see what's going on with them. You don't know their intentions. Yeah. You know, they could be bad people. Or yeah. it's like, so what What do you do? You hide or you walk, or you walk way past the, you know, further away from them. Yeah. And I believe that's how it would be with, um, with Bigfoot being out yeah. there. Is that you're going out there with your lights up blazing? You know, do they know if you're coming out aggressive that you you're holding a gun ready to shoot whatever's in front of you? They yeah. don't know. You're going to you know, stay so, away from that, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So that's why I walk out in the dark, and if I have to use any light, it's a very very low red light, just so I can see where I'm stepping. Otherwise, I'm in the dark. Yeah, yeah. So that's do you? Pretty cool. Do you think you've ever seen, have you ever seen a Bigfoot, do you think? I believe I've had three uh, definitely confirmed that I'm going to say. Wow. Um, one of them 
was actually off Bray Road. I was with my wife at the time. She was driving out because I want to check out this area. Yeah. And um, we were going to leave, so she's going to do a three-point turn. But as I was looking down during the day, I saw this. And it was in April, so nothing was green yet. Everything was still brown. The farm fields were already, you know, harvested, you know, or, or you know, they're just dirt. And then you have a tree line out there. And I see this auburn shape. And I told her, I'm like, wait, wait, go back down there. It, it didn't look like it was standing upright, but it didn't look like a deer or a horse. I, it was really hard to explain, but I remember the color. And I'm like, it's right there. So she starts driving down there really slowly. And I'm looking at it and as we're getting closer it's phasing into the woods. It never moved. By the time we got to it, it was just the woods. Wow. Very, very weird. Yeah. Um, but there was a timeout in uh, the kettle to where I've seen um, shadows kind of rocking back and forth in the winter. Um, yeah. And then move from one tree to another as if it was on a wire. Wow. Um, then we, I've also seen my, my biggest one that I, 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 cause I could say, are my eyes playing tricks on me? And they very well could be, and you, you have to approach it that way. But when all this other evidence and stuff comes together and more points to, to my obvious is Sasquatch. Um, and one of my biggest one, of course, is, uh, me and another paranormal investigator, Mary Marshall were, um, sitting on top of a kettle a uh, 300-foot kettle doing a stakeout in January. Uh, so there's snow on the ground. And there was no moon, but there was enough skylight probably to where you could see like an animal without a flashlight. You could see everything. You could see every tree, every branch. Depth was a little bit different. So she's sitting to my right, and she's looking over my left shoulder. I'm sitting to her left looking over her right shoulder. I'm just getting situated, you know, it's like, I didn't, you know, not even, you know, I had my audio going, didn't have a body cam, didn't have any of that. I'm sitting down and she was talking a little bit and I'm looking beyond her right shoulder and I see what looks like an extremely large gangly chimpanzee kind of on all fours, which again, at that time, I thought Bigfoot was just on two feet. I didn't know everything about going quad, you know, going on all fours and becoming quadruped. Um, but I'm looking at this and I'm my eyes are adjusted. We had no flashlight. I'm look I'm looking right at it, but it's yeah. not moving. And I'm looking at it. All of a sudden the thing moves right behind a tree and brush. But here's what's weird is it never moved. It was a statue on a cart with wheels that somebody just wow. rolled behind. And that one, I can never unsee. I have absolutely yeah. no proof of that. Um, I mean, visually, uh, you can hear me on my audio uh, when I say it, but it was weird. Wow, man. And yeah. So I definitely have had some very odd sightings, but you know, at the same time, it's like I'm not even looking for those anymore, the sightings yeah, or the footprints. You know, I want, you know, yeah, I want, I want that one-on-one connection, which I, I do certain hand signals when I go out there every time. 
Yeah. It's it's the universal uh speaking for Jay to the <laughs> to the Bigfoot. I don't know if you heard my wife laugh back there. But uh <laughs> I'll I will I will I'll have her do that sometimes to where I'll be like, what's the universal sign? <laughs> you know, it's it's fun. It's it, it's fun, but you know, uh, I guess that's what Jane Cadall did you know, with the Chibenzies. Yeah. You know, I know a few people have called me Jay Cadall, um, <laughs> you know, going out looking for the Bigfoot. Oh, but, you know, but, you know, how, how much further am I than anybody else? It's not a race. It's not a contest. It's a personal quest for me. If I can share that with people, you know, like like yourself that yeah. was able to see the, the film, you know, and definitely check out the second film. Yes. Um, it's uh like I said, the first one leads you up to the door, the second one shoves you through. So yeah. it's pretty it's pretty I cool. can't wait to I can't wait yeah. to watch that man. Yeah. Um going back to when you saw the, the chimpanzee. Yeah. Bigfoot. Um could you see features on it? Hmm. Everything was uh like I said, everything was silhouetted. Yeah. Because we were in the dark. But there was snow-covered kettle floor yeah. that made everything just reflect as in you could just see everything. But like I said, the depth was really hard. And it was weird because if I had to uh, put it in three dimensionals, it, it looked like it was leaning forward kind of on its butt, but not, not on its butt. And it just had that chimpanzee physique not yeah. patty not patty yeah. big and bulky kind of thin and planet of the apes ish or whatever but it looked it looked huge for uh when i was looking at it being able to see all right there's a tree here there's a tree here that's about that thick it's about that thing looks huge now you know when you're uh i don't want to say a, a couch researcher which is nothing wrong with yeah, <laughs> you definitely got to read and, and and brush up on everything, but it's easy to judge when people say, "Well, did you get over there? Did you look for prints?" Right? That should be the first thing. Wasn't even a rookie mistake because as Mary and I were talking about this, this huge forty-five uh, foot um, oak branch that we we're sitting on started vibrating. Weird, right? Oh. Uh, I thought it was her because it was she was cold. Yeah. She thought it was me because I was shifting and I was cold. No, it was a constant vibration. My feet were on the ground. There was no vibration on wow. the forest floor, but just this branch. Yeah, and we really got kind of focused into what's going on here now versus what I just saw. It'd be it'd be classic. You and I could be out in the woods, and uh, you'd be like. Oh, Jay, I just saw something. I saw over there. And I didn't see it right. I turned around I'm like, yeah, Tommy, tell me what you saw. I look like a chimpanzee, like a chimpanzee. It's not there anymore. And I'd look with you and go, Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Well, let's keep going. You see what I mean? You yeah. saw it. The other person didn't. So with Mary being more focused on, okay, Jay, you know, that type of thing. And now we started. Uh, that br the branch uh, vibrating. Yeah, I I don't know if uh there was something well on the end of it that was shaking it. Yeah, you know, maybe it knew we'd go over there and find tracks or something. But 
No, don't look over there. Stay right here. Focus on the vibration, Jay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's it, very it was strange. It was, it, was, it was strange. Again, theory. That's all I've got, you know, is my theories. That's super interesting, man. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Wow. So I, know, I know this is a difficult question, and we've sort of answered it a little bit, but what what do you think Sasquatch is? I know, you've, I know it's well, a really hard question, but if you had to put... If if I did, um, the first humans. Now, how did I get there? Right? How did I get there? Um, I, I I honestly started thinking because I am a a Bible based man. Um, my faith is in Jesus, who died for my sins, and God of um, His Father, our Father in heaven. Um, and that's my faith. Okay. Right. Everybody else has what they're going to have. This is, this is mine. So it's basically what the Holy Bible says is a hundred percent truth. Right. People can look at that really and say, okay, let's, you know, let's look at the scholars that was written a long time ago. So that was exaggerated and that wasn't, but this was exaggerated. So that would be me nitpicking through the Bible, my faith of saying, this applies to me, so I'm going to keep that. This, nope, throw it out. I don't need it. doesn't apply to me. Um, basically, it, it's, it's, it's either taking it all or none. I take it all. And if biblically, Noah building the ark was 950 years old, he was 950 years old. How did they live that long? back then and we don't now and of course you've got the the nephilim the fallen angels that actually mated with uh with the women that created giants bible does speak of that again how much is exaggerated how much do you want to throw away how much do you want to keep how much do you want to believe i'm a believer and if that was the case then i'm thinking maybe there was some sort of other intervention between what we were then to what we are now. And, you know, that's where it's it kind of, I don't want to say tricky because it's kind of, to me, it, it's biblically saying if these Nephilim, if that's what they were, because Nephilim could also be spirits and everything like that. So is Bigfoot a, a demon or a spirit? I don't think so. Um, but if they had the longevity of Noah and their sons and they could live that long. Let's just say, so hear me out. Just kind of walk with me. Yeah. And they were able to live that long without technology, without computers, without phones, without planes, trains, and automobiles. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, without the technology, they are just living and existing in a world that they have to, harness the environment around them so if they did live that long that would they would not need to reproduce like us humans that you know normal lifespan is what 80 to 100 years old let's say to keep our generations going if they live that long they don't need to do it that you know where they'll be able to do not uh, destroy 
their the woods that we are you know destroying to create subdivisions and whatever you're yeah. able to live into those woods for that long period of time and um as 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 they live in this uh environment that they have to harness uh, we we've all heard that we only use so much percent of our brain but we seem to be locked to where we don't have telekinesis or you know, or uh, to be a telepathy, um, levitation, or anything that our bodies possibly could do. And, you know, I don't want to get all Star Wars and Yoda or uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, but sometimes I think that they could be standing right there on the path and we're walking up and, and they're just going, it's not the squat you're looking for. And they, we just don't see them. Meaning yeah. it, Maybe it's it's more more mental um, than it is a physical cloak, because uh, people say you know can they cloak like the predator? I think they could shut down the weak minded. You know, they're yeah. the Jedi's. We're the weak minded, and we're just out there. And you ever walk out in the woods and look around a little bit? You're scanning, you know, how much area that quick, you know, instead of just looking at one little branch for like an hour, then move an inch over and look there. You know, we're, we're scanning so quickly. So I think we're, uh, we don't have the perception in the woods is how I would phrase it. So yeah, long answer. That's what I think they are. That's, that's my truth. Yeah. You know? uh, and, and it's good because there's really no wrong answer to it because nobody knows. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of, it's kind of cool to, Listen to everybody's, you know, they're dropped off by UFOs. You know, they're, um, you know, apes that we haven't caught up with, a certain species of primate. So, yeah. And, and I never, I never judge anybody. You know, I'm just like, eh, I think they very well could, could be. be. I'll stay, yeah. I'll stick with mine. Yeah. That's a super interesting theory, though, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of, and I kind of just came to that uh, probably in the last, couple years you know maybe last five years i would say but um it's it's me thinking outside the box yeah like with ghosts remember i was saying is ghost just casper or patrick swayze and that's it you know there's nothing more to it except that they you can catch an evp you'll never get any closer to it end of story let's just keep going out and researching that or is there something more to it that's called thinking outside the box yeah and, and i do i i really try to do that and i've done that with ghost i've done that with bigfoot um you know talk to me in another five years see where i'm at then i just you know once i get to a conclusion and i don't have those answers they can just keep keep expanding so yes. always evolving that's it oh, that's a great way to be though yeah I yeah think that, it that's the best way to be yeah thanks Jay, this has been awesome, man. Absolutely yeah, awesome. Can you it's tell been... the audience where they can find you, find your films? Where they can find Jay? Where they can find you, yes. Yeah. <laughs> huh? My own plug. Yeah. Um, okay, well, you can uh, you can find me at um, uh, jbachochin.com. That's number one. And with that, I have links to, uh, you know, where you can find my film, but you can find it on Amazon and definitely in, in the UK. I know it's on Amazon UK. 
you can find Finding Jay and my second follow-up film that just came out this September, which is another mind-blower, uh, uh, Beyond the Kettle, Finding Jay 2. And uh, you can find them both on uh, Amazon Prime. You can also find them oh, on see. Vimeo as well. I, I don't know if you've ever heard of Vimeo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We got that. So you can find them both on there too. Awesome, man. Yeah. So you can check that out there. Uh, I got my website and Facebook. So pretty much that's it. Facebook is all I I go. Any other social There's so media, many. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm tired of them. <laughs> There's too Close many now, isn't there? <laughs> there is. <laughs> Well, that's awesome, man. I can't wait to watch the second film. I'm very excited for that. I'll be watching that soon. Good. All right. You got to let me know. And this, you this, let me know how I it goes. definitely will. Definitely will, man. Very and this good, has been good. absolutely amazing. Yes, it has. I want, I want to say as well, we're all very sorry to hear about Linda Godfrey. You're a well, wonderful woman. Thank you very much. Like I said, um, you know, if I had any type of. I'm still kind of in denial about it because it happened yesterday. And um, she was, like I said, you know, people know that she was more my mentor, but you know what? I knew Linda on a personal level too, to where her grandson and my son, uh, they'd have sleepovers and they got, you know, they got close and everything. And uh, so I knew her as Linda, the grandma or Linda, the wife of her, you know, husband, Steve or, of her son, Nate. Uh, so I got to see the person behind the author of, of who she was. And, um, you know, I miss her, love her. And, um, you know, I, I it, it's one of those things to where it's, uh, I'm going to have to apply everything she taught me. And like, you know, master, and I'm just the, you know, the, she's like the master sensei. <laughs> because <laughs> because she was she's the hub she's the hub of of wisconsin um for everything she's written so many great books knows so many people um just a great person to be around so she's gonna be missed so yeah but thank you very much she really will be and her work's gonna live on forever man she's very special absolutely lady. absolutely thank you for uh mentioning her you know it's it's hard I, i've been getting messages and texts all day how am i doing how am i doing which is great. I'm glad people reach out for that. Um, I'm a realist as well of life and death. Um, like I said, I'm not, you know, I, I'm biblical. I'm not afraid to die. I don't want to right now. I want to be a still a husband and a father and everything, but everything that has a beginning has an end. And uh, even though it has an end here physically, uh, does that mean it's the end of our existence? You know? Yeah. Especially, I always say, especially if you get right with the Lord, you get right with the Lord is, you know, it's the John three sixteen. you'll, you know, forever have uh, eternal life. So that, that's kind of where I'm at. And I, I'm a, and I know that's how Linda was too. So I know I will see her again. Yeah. 100%. But she, but you know, that's what I'm saying is some people say she now knows the truth. You, know, you sit there and take your lifetime of wanting to know what the truth is, but then you know the truth. It's just, it's a part of you. That's yeah. what I believe anyway. Yeah. So. Awesome, man. Yeah. 
thank thank you so much sir, for coming on you've been absolutely awesome it's been a pleasure well thank you tommy and thank you very again, much i i want to say thank you for having me on thank you for the very nice Christmassy look back there because it's yeah um, got... <laughs> it's that time but the then going on. but the number one doubles come on yeah bulls. Bulls jumper on let's go yes. bulls. <laughs> i love it awesome just, man yeah <laughs> thank you very much sir and i hopefully we'll be speaking to you very soon absolutely we'll stay in touch well that's the show guys i really hope you enjoyed it i know i did thank you so much jay for the awesome conversation what a guy if you enjoyed that one guys please share the show share the show where you can because that really really does help us thank you so much before we go i want to say that this episode is dedicated to the late linda godfrey what an absolutely amazing lady she will be remembered forever she inspired me and many many others i want to send love to her family friends and everyone that followed guys we will be back next week for more freaky conversations in the meantime stay safe and remember keep it freaky bye for now